The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Oh, got it, got it, got it! 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it! Is it normally? High fly ball, deep left field, oh, 27! Does it again! For this year. Wall sends it well out to left center field! This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels baseball. You listen to All Angels Podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Garcia. So I want to give a quick belated happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I know Father's Day was yesterday, but I want to come out here and say happy Father's Day to all the dads listening out there. And honestly, that is why this is coming out a day later than usual or a little bit later than usual. I spent uh, obviously Father's Day with my dad. We went golfing with my brother, my wife, went back to his place and, and kind of hung out for, for a while and got back late last night. So I decided to delay the recording until Monday morning. So uh, thank you for bearing with me on that. I did not forget about this weekend, this angel weekend that was probably the best weekend the angels have had of recent memory. Obviously, of this season, I think taking four of five from the Seattle Mariners. That's weird to say in a weekend series, four of five. But before we get to the, you know, recap of the week, and there was a lot of news around the team, too, uh, injury related, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I want to give a quick shout out to the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the double A affiliate of the Angels for clinching the first half playoff berth and if you're not familiar what that means is in i believe in all levels except for triple a the season is divided into two halves so if you win the first half you're guaranteed to make the playoffs at the end of the year kind of regardless of what happens in that second half so the rocket city trash pandas did that they clinched the first their division the first half of the season and will go to the playoffs guaranteed at the end of this year. And I think the reason why the minor league systems do that is because the teams change so much as far as, you know, who's coming up, who's going down, who's moving here, who's moving there, who got traded and stuff like that. So they divided into two halves and the two winners of the two halves get to make it to the playoffs and the Rocket City Trash Pandas did that. The first time a full season affiliate did that since 2017, I believe. So that alone kind of tells you how the minor league system has been very much struggling over the past, you know, let's be honest, maybe decade plus. But good job for the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Happy to see that uh, the Angels affiliates are doing well, and especially in AA, where it is very much a um, prospect league where, you know, your top prospects always go there and, and they're looked to really, really develop there and spend a lot of time there or spend time there. Maybe a lot is too much, but. Uh, double A is always seems to be the the premier 
minor league destination to see what teams have. And if this is any indication of what the Angels have going into the future, you got to love the pitching. You got to love some of the players they have on that team for the Angels' future. Not saying it's going to be this year, maybe not even next year, but. You know, as Angel fans, you're tired of always saying, wait for next year, wait for next year, wait for next year. But at least at this point, you can look at something and say, yeah, they won a championship. So it can kind of, you know, validate waiting for, you know, next year or the year after for some of these guys to come up in the major league. So again, shout out to the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the Angels, double A affiliate all the way out there in Alabama. So congratulations to those guys. Now let's go to the games up in Seattle. Obviously, the Angels coming off a a sweep of the Dodgers, dropping the two games from the Dodgers, now go up to Seattle, where a team who was very promising at the beginning of this year, a lot of people picked them as kind of like their sleeper playoff team this year. The Mariners have really, really been struggling, and this was a great opportunity for the Angels to take advantage of that and take advantage to get back in the winning column, and not only get back in the winning column, but put up a winning streak, and that's how this weekend ended. But it started on Thursday with Shohei Otani on the mound. Do you want a slump broke, a streak broke, a bad, you know, losing streak broke? You put Shohei Otani on the mound. And he did really great. But this whole weekend, if we're going to be honest, this whole weekend belonged to one guy, one guy only. He got it started in the uh, top of the third inning with this shot. There's a fastball that he punishes out to deep right field. Ramel back, and it's gone! So obviously, that's Mike Trout. But he wasn't done yet, because in the top of the seventh, he does it again. Trout sends that one high and deep out to center field. Rodriguez back, feeling for the wall. The second of the night for Mike Trout! Got him this time! Another two-run shot, 4 nothing Halos! And obviously, that is all the Angels would need with Shohei Otani on the mound. Shohei would end up going six innings, giving up three hits, no runs, walking two, and striking out six, all on 93 pitches. So it's great when your pitching is is clicking on all cylinders like Shohei was. You had Loop come in, throw a clean inning. You had Tapera come in, give up a single run. Uh, He still seems like between Loop and Tapera, it seems like those guys just need to start clicking a little bit better, a little bit uh, more consistently. He gives up a, a run that makes it a three-run game, but then Ross Iglesias comes in, shuts it down, getting his 13th save of the year. The Angels win the first game of this series for the one. But obviously the big thing was Trout. You know Trout's history with Seattle. He loves playing up there. He loves Safeco slash T-Mobile slash I, I don't know if they've called it anything else since then, but um, he loves playing up there. He showed it the very first game, two home runs, and it definitely looks like Trout is getting back his timing. So now let's move up to Friday's game where you had Michael Lorenzen on the mound for the Angels. And he's coming off a pretty good uh, performance last Saturday with the City Connect jerseys um, debut. You had uh, he did really well. You know, the team did really well behind him. That was the night that Jared Walsh hit for the cycle. But today in this game, and a lot of people were were questioning the roster that got put out there because before the game started there was um, some big news that came out and that was Anthony Rendon shut down for the season with wrist surgery so I'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of the podcast but yeah that was kind of the news coming into this game and with that 
and a doubleheader coming out the next day. You had some guys resting. Most notably, Shohei Otani was not in this lineup offensively. But they made a good point about it on the TV, if you watched it, is that when the Angels left L.A., it was a night game. So the game didn't finish until, I, you know, let's say 10 o'clock, 10, 15. They didn't get up and into their hotel in Seattle until about 4 a.m. the next morning. And if you guys have ever traveled to Seattle, you know where you land at Tacoma Airport. I think it's Tacoma. And then you have to take, I'm guessing for them, take a team bus from there to their hotel in Seattle. That's like a 45-hour minute or hour or drive. So it's not like when you fly into, let's say, JFK and you're only about 10 minutes away from Angel Stadium for visiting teams. This is a really long trek for visiting teams because most times when teams do fly into other cities, you know, the, the trip from the airport to the hotel is not nearly that long. So these guys got in at four o'clock in the morning. Shohei still did really well that, that same day pitching and, uh, swinging the bat. So for him to get a day off on Friday with a double header coming the next day made complete sense to me because you really want him to play both games, um, during that double header on Saturday and obviously Sunday morning as well to finish off the series. But you had Trouted as a DH, so that means you had Marsh, Lagaris, and Ward out in the outfield. But it just seemed like Lorenzen did not have his best stuff in this game. He ended up going five innings, giving up five hits, five earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts, and one home run. It did. It definitely felt like he was out there longer than he might have been normally just to kind of save the bullpen arms for the next day. Cause if you were to take Lorenzen out after, you know, in the middle of the third inning, the middle of the fourth inning, I think because of his performance it would have been very, very justified, but he stayed in there. He got through five innings, even if that meant, you know, putting the team way down, but it's hard with doubleheader the next day. I will say that it's hard to kind of figure out what you're going to do for the next day. Are you going to try to win, come back and win this one game on Friday and put yourself in a worse position to lose two games on Saturday? So I think they played it right. They didn't once the the game got out of hand and it got out of hand pretty early with a four run fourth, four run fourth inning for Seattle to make the score seven to zero. So I think at that point, not necessarily throw up the white flag, but you might have to be more cautious about who you use in what situation because of that doubleheader the next day. But the Angels end up dropping this game 8-1, to and Trout ended up not hitting a home run for the only game this series, and that's kind of odd how the one game he doesn't hit a home run, the Angels don't win. But that just meant they had to go. They went, oh, something too that was very uh, funny about this game, and uh, I guess it's something to laugh at. You had... Jack, Jack Mayfield make his debut on the mound in the uh, eighth inning, uh, throwing. It was weird. You look at baseball savant, and they were saying like, "Oh, a breaking ball or a curveball," and then come to find out, he was throwing straight knuckleball the whole time. I'm talking forty something miles an hour, but he actually did pretty good, only giving up one hit in his one inning. And you know, it's always kind of interesting to see position players out there to try to throw the baseball in. Honestly, like I mentioned with Lorenzen, the reason why he was out there so long was to save the bullpen for the next two games on one day. And exactly the same thing for uh, Mayfield. Warren came in 
and through two innings, and we'll get to something that happened with him too later when I talk about those injuries in general. But Mayfield came in for that last inning and was able to get out of it and honestly helped the Angels long-term as far as not having to use another bullpen arm, uh, waste another bullpen arm on a game that was at that point, especially in the you know bottom of the eighth, was well out of hand. So that was kind of fun to see at least a little bit of uh, uh, laughter during the game when Obviously, not a whole lot went right. So now we'll, we'll go to Saturday's game. The first game of Saturday, it was Saturday morning. Obviously, doubleheader. This has to do with the scheduling and the tweaks they made because of the lockout and because of um, the first opening series was lost because of the lockout. So you had Patrick Sandoval take the mound in the very first game of the doubleheader and it actually did very, very well where his only uh, blemish on his line came in the bottom of the third, but in the top of the fourth, the very next half inning, the Angels were able to get some contribution to the from the bottom of the lineup when Kurt Suzuki does this. A ball and no strikes with Duffy and Marsh aboard. That's lined out to left, well hit. Moore lays out and it gets past him. Duffy's going to score. Marsh runs like the wind. He scores right on his heels, and the Angels have grabbed a 2-1 lead. Like I said, Patrick Sandoval had a very, very good game. He ended up going six innings pitched, four hits, one run, two walks, five strikeouts. So he obviously is a huge part of what this team needs going forward, Patrick Sandoval. So to see him out there and have a very, very solid outing was very um comforting and very you know give you some kind of a confidence going forward with Patrick Sandoval but in the bottom of the seventh the Mariners would end up scoring one run off of Archie Bradley that would end up tying the game two to two and it was staying that way all the way until extra innings and in extra innings this guy comes up and he, he does what he does Trout sends a ball well hit out to right center field. That one's got a chance. He got it. He got it. Yeah. So obviously that would put up the Angels 2-4, to four, and that's exactly how it would end 2-4 to four Angels win with a game-winning home run by Mike Trout in the top of the 10th. I don't know what else he can do or needs to do for Seattle just to look at him and be like, Hey, we'll give you uh, first base. And, and it's funny too, because all of his home runs that he hit against the Mariners to this point have been obviously two run home runs. So, you know, whether the guys at first or the guys at second, you can always walk him. And now it's first and second with whatever, however many outs. If there was one guy that I would walk with the bases loaded would be Mike Trout in Seattle. And if this series doesn't prove that, I don't know what will because he has absolutely taken advantage of every mistake the Seattle pitchers have made to him and put it over the wall. And quite frankly, it's been him in this series, and it was nice to get that bump from Suzuki earlier in this game. But for the most part, this offensive production for this team has been very, very top-heavy. But Trout has come up to the plate literally pardon the pun, and and swung it and hit it out of the ballpark numerous times to put this team up. And they, like I said, that Angels would win that first game of the doubleheader 4-2. to two. So they take a little bit of a break. They change uniforms, and then they come out later that night for game two of the doubleheader where you have Jose Suarez on the mound for the Angels. There was a lot of talk about 
who would come up in this situation as far as who would be the pitcher, who would um, be the guy that would take the mound and doubleheader now that the Angels are kind of spot starting a lot of their guys, a lot of these sixth rotation type of guys. You're always hoping to get some kind of a good outing by them. But in the top of the third, he was able to pitch with a lead because of who else? It's a long way out to center field. Rodriguez back, feeling for the wall, and that one's gone! He got another one! They may have to retire his number here after that. <laughs> so, yes, I love Gooby's idea of when when Trout said, whenever he's done, whenever he retires, whenever he decides to call it a career, that not only do the Angels retire his jersey, but the Seattle Mariners retire his jersey and do it at you know T-Mobile Park and let it be an Angel jersey and let it put it up in the rafters because he has owned them. Like I mentioned before, you can't, you cannot. Uh, it's just so weird because you say it for one inning or for one game, and you're like, "All oh, right, he did really, really good for the one for the one game," and you're like, "Okay, that's probably going to be the series." But for him to come out every almost every single game of this series and put up a home run, put up a uh, you know runs on the board that win the game is absolutely crazy. And with that one run solo shot home run that is all the angels would need because jose suarez would go four and a third innings giving up four hits walking three but striking out seven so he definitely had things working from striking out seven in just less than five innings is really really cool to see herget comes in jimmy herget again i i talked about this on the podcast probably last month he is definitely like the um, underrated under not underappreciated underrated bullpen piece he came in went three and two-thirds innings only giving up one hit, striking out one. So you put the ball in play, didn't give up any free bases. Um, this guy has been a really, really solid player out of this bullpen this season. And Archie Bradley would come in for the last inning and close it up and would be able to pretty much complete the, the combined shutout, if you will. But earlier in the game, uh, the Angels put a nail in this game when Jared Walsh comes up to the plate and does this. Wall swings and sends a drive out to right field. That one's gonna go. Three nothing Halos. Pinch hit, two run jack for Jared Walsh. So you you heard it there where it said pitch hit for Jared Walsh, pitch hit home run for Jared Walsh, and that's because um, during the weekend, I guess, comes out he wasn't feeling great, and with a lefty on the mound on Saturday night. He took the, that game off, but it opened up a door for a uh, past guest of the All Angels pa- podcast, David McKinnon. If you remember, I talked to him probably like three weeks ago, sh- like not long ago. And now he's in the majors, which is really, really cool. He got his first taste of big league play. So congratulations to him. Unfortunately, he went over two, but, you know, it was great just to get out there and be able to see him perform well he did really good defensively he made some great diving catches and um, plays at first base we'll see how how far how long he's on the roster if it's just a because Jerry Walsh wasn't feeling great or if this is something that's going to stick around because uh, Sunday came back came around and he was still on the roster so that is good news for David and like I had mentioned if you haven't listened to the podcast I had with him uh, go back and, and search it out it has it says David McKinnon in the title talk about his his you know 
his work, the honest, honest to God work that he had to put in after completely blowing out his knee in 2018, uh, not being able to play in 2019, not being able to play in 2020 because of COVID and, and minor leagues not having a season. But you, we get to talk about the, all the work he put in during that time that, you know, not slow him down. And he found something out in that time that he, that he missed. And um, it is very, very much paying off for him now with uh, AAA Salt Lake, and hopefully now it will pay off with for him too as well with the with the, with the Angels being uh, like the primary backup to Jared Walsh. So congratulations to David McKinnon making his MLB debut June eighteenth, twenty twenty two. I'm sure a day that he will never forget, and hopefully he gets more opportunities, and hopefully he will get that first hit soon as an angel because uh that's something very very special so congratulations to david glad that he was able to make his mlb debut this season all that work has definitely paid off today's episode of the all angels podcast is brought to you by sports drink your digital water cooler sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports they're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team a rising tide floats all boats so go check them out online and on social go to sportsdrink.org or open instagram and type in at s-p-r-t-s-d-r-n-k spelled like sports drink without the vowels now let's move to sunday's game father's day up in seattle in this game you had kenny rosenberg taking the mound again another spot start for the angels and hopefully the pitching was able will be able to keep the Mariners offense stymied like they've been the whole series. And it really, really helps when in the fourth inning, this guy comes up and gives you a lead. Pitch number nine. Trout's ready for the heater this time. High and deep to right center field, and he did it again. One too many fastballs, cha-cha. Gotcha. So, yes, Trout with another two-run home run to give the Angels a lead 2-0. And truthfully, that's all this pitching staff would need to seal up the game. You had Kenny Rosenberg, like I mentioned, take the start for the Angels today. He ended up going four and two-thirds innings, giving up two hits, three walks, one strikeout. So you pitch very well. Obviously, you want to see the, the walks kind of get cleaned up a little bit. But for the most part, he did very well in this start for the Angels. And Jose Quijada came in for a half, uh, for a third of an inning. And then you had Wants, Loop. Uh, Tapera, Iglesias, all guys coming in, throwing zeros across the board to have the Angels end up scoring two more later in the game, and the Angels would win 4-0, completing the four-out-of-five game series win over Seattle. And for a team that has been struggling to put back-to-back wins together, this was a very, very good series for them, and hopefully a series that they can build you know, a little bit of momentum off of now coming back to Anaheim for this nine game homestand uh, back at Angel Stadium. But obviously, obviously the biggest hero of the game of the series, Mike Trout, four game winning home runs um, It's crazy. Like I mentioned, it's crazy to think that one guy can have that good of a series against a single team. But he did it, and he has proven time and time again that he loves playing up in Seattle. Uh, I said it before. If you're going to walk a guy with the bases loaded, it it might as well be Mike Trout with the bases loaded up in Seattle because he will definitely make you pay. But 
overall, the pitching did really well. Mike Trout did very well. But there's still a little bit of question marks coming around this team right now. You don't want to take anything away from them. But the pitching did really, really well. Seattle has been a team that has been struggling offensively a lot. So now that the the team moves on and starts is going to start playing a little bit more competition, obviously you have Kansas City, another team that struggles. Seattle back for the next weekend. And then you have Chicago White Sox. You hope that the pitching can continue to pitch as well as they are right now against lesser opponents because you know some people will say, well, you know, we got to do it against teams that are better than us. Yeah, you do at a certain point, but that doesn't mean you have to, you can't poo-poo the the teams that you're supposed to beat. How many times have, have Angel fans sit here and said, you know, we take care of the Yankees or we take care of the Astros or we take care of Boston, but you know, we cannot beat the Orioles or we cannot beat the Mariners or we cannot beat, you know, whoever the last place team is in the Central, you know. So now that they're actually doing that, that is that's gonna be a big step and hopefully this breeds confidence and when they do play teams that lead divisions or in playoff pictures and stuff like that so you know it's one thing to say like oh this is great but it doesn't really matter because it's not the Astros like no these all are going to matter at the end of the day and at this point in the season with the streak that the Angels were on um, losing streak wise you will take a victory anywhere you can get it any any team you can get it from so gotta love the fact that they are putting games together even if it's against a lower competition team and hopefully it all pays off down the road when they are playing the Astros in the beginning of July because you got to build that confidence somewhere and and what better place than now to do that but the Angels again like I mentioned uh, take the series against the Seattle Mariners and puts them right back in the playoff picture a little bit with now only being four and a half games back uh, as of Monday morning so Still in the picture, still able to get um, closer. Obviously, some of the teams right above them um, are teams that you would think would be contenders for the wild card spot. You know, Boston, Tampa Bay, the Cleveland Guardians are a big surprise for me. Cleveland Guardians, as of right now, have the second wild card spot with a record of 34 and 28. And if you were to ask me that at the beginning of the year, if that's what their record was going to be, or they were going to be even close to that. I would have said you're a lion, but they're there, second wild card, second wild card spot, and then obviously Toronto with the first wild card spot. But Chicago, like I said, the Chicago White Sox are coming to town uh, soon, and the White Sox right now are actually ahead of the Angels by a half a game in that wild card standings. But again, you take care of business against a team like that, is you can very easily jump and hop over them. So. Angels are still in it. Angels are still not out of this fight yet. Again, you still got to put some series together. You still got to put victories back to back to back. And with, again, uh, Kansas City coming into the Angels Stadium for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this would be a perfect time to get that momentum, keep it going, carry it over from Seattle, and, and keep it going. So Angels right now are back in second place in the AL West, but there are a full nine and a half games back of the Houston Astros. So, I said it before, I'll say it now. If you're going to have any kind of goal or you want to look at scoreboard watching at any point, you know, you kind of have to stop watching the Astros score and thinking about, well, they lost. We need to pick up a game and start looking more so at the, some of those wild card teams and start scoreboard watching for those guys because obviously those are what's going to happen first. You know, you're obviously you're going to be in a wild card spot before you even get close to competing for that division, which sucks. I know with the Angels 
beginning of the year, and a lot of fans thought this was the year that they would take the division. But now, because of the 14-game losing streak, you would have to hope that you get into with a wild card spot, and the Angels are there. Another good week, another couple good series victories against the right teams can put them right there in the mix of the wild card position, third wild card position for sure. So before we get to the injury news over the last weekend, let's talk about the starters for this coming series against the Kansas City Royals at Angel Stadium. So starting Monday night, you have Noah Syndergaard with a 4-5 and five record with a 3.53 ERA with 35 strikeouts. You know, Noah, again, you'll hear this a lot with the pitchers. He is very important with what this team does. This team offensively will be carried by Ward, Trout, Otani, Walsh, not Rendon anymore, but those would be the guys where if they play well, this offense plays well. And the same thing, if our starting pitchers, starting with Noah Syndergaard, you're looking for, like, to me, the four main guys have to carry because that fifth and sixth spot is going to be kind of a question mark right now. But I'm talking about Syndergaard, Otani, um, Sandoval, Lorenzen. Those guys need to really carry the team uh, with their pitching, you know, that side of the ball. Because, you know, Detmers, again, hopefully he takes a step up. Hopefully he continues to develop. He's still very young. That sixth spot in the rotation is still a really big question mark. Who's going to be that guy? So while those questions are still there, you're looking for your leaders, your your veteran type of pitchers. I know Sandoval isn't necessarily like a, a huge veteran type because he is so young, but he has shown to be the veteran on the mound, if you know, if that makes sense. So you need those four, four guys to really do a great job on the mound to give this team an opportunity to win games. And on Tuesday's matchup, you're going to have the Reed Detmers against uh, Jonathan Hursley of the Kansas City Royals. Detmers is coming in with a 2-3 and three record with a 4.25 ERA, 38 strikeouts. And obviously, everyone knows Reed has the no-hit stuff. We've seen it. You know, I was there. You were there probably, you know, or watched it on television. It just seems right now for Reed, it's just the consistency of his outings. And like I mentioned in the last podcast, can you can you really teach consistency? And how do you teach it? Is it something that either you have or you don't? And maybe, you know, Reed can develop it over time and um, getting more reps out there. But I, I think at the end of the day, it truly does come down to the actual player about his consistency. You can tell him all you want about how to be consistent, but it's going to be the player that puts it together and becomes that kind of a consistent presence on the mound or consistent presence in the box. So, you know, for all the grief the coaches get, and I understand it, but you can only give the players the tools they need to succeed. It's up to the individual player now to take those tools and use them the right way. And hopefully over time, we'll see more and more of that with Reed Detmers and he can definitely become a huge part of this rotation, a front part of this rotation going forward. So hopefully with a team that's struggling like Kansas City, he can use this time to get some confidence and get some momentum back in his pitching ability to, um, like I mentioned, be a big part of this rotation. But that is going to be matchup for Tuesday night. Now going into Wednesday's night game, it should be a very fun game if you have an opportunity to get out there and watch. They are going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the 2002 World Series by the Angels. Um, they're supposed to have a lot of guests, obviously members of that 02 World Series. Not only that, but now you have Shohei Otani on the mound too to kind of 
show off a little bit to the old timers, if you will, of the Angels. But they're supposed to have some kind of a presentation before the game. And you can see that with the start time of the game. Usually games at Angel Stadium start around 6.38. This start time for this game on Wednesday is set to start at 6.49. So obviously, if you're going to go to the game, definitely get there early. They're supposed to have um, a nice long sleeve shirt giveaway a pregame ceremony, like I mentioned, and a postgame firework uh, show for the fans there. So Wednesday should be a very fun day, should be a very fun night. Like I mentioned, yeah, Shohei Otani on the mound, so you have to like your chances of getting a W on this game. And all the old heads there from the O2 World Series is going to be a lot of fun to see. Those guys, and I'm sure they're going to have stories about uh, you know the O2 series and and maybe other guys' recollection of it and what they had and what they did and their thoughts about it and all that stuff. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm hoping they're going to have you know quite a few of those guys up in the booth at some point or another during the game to talk about their experiences with a World Series victory because that's everything that that's all the the teams are working forward to now is the World Series victory and hopefully there's one in the not too distant future. Um, for the angels in this in this organization but so yeah wednesday should be a lot of fun definitely if you're going to go check it out get there early i highly recommend get there early so you're able to enjoy all the pre-game festivities and all that stuff that they are planning to do before the game on wednesday so that's going to wrap it up that's going to be a three game series for the angels versus the royals they have an off day on thursday before seattle mariners come to town for a weekend set so a little bit of news to end the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, uh, this is coming out on Monday. Check out tomorrow's podcast as well. I talked to Sam Blum of The Athletic about the Angels season. Obviously, you know who he is. He's on Twitter. He's one of the beat writers for the Angels. So I had a really good conversation with him. So definitely check it out. It's coming out tomorrow. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing. Also, too, if you guys have an opportunity, especially Apple users, if you can just write a review, rate the podcast, uh, it would help out tremendously on uh, growing this podcast. Just something simple. It could be two sentences long, five stars. Um, I don't talk about it. I don't ask for much. But if you guys have an extra two minutes, that would be great. And I really, really would appreciate it. And um, obviously, you can follow us on our social media feeds too, Halo underscore Haven on both Twitter and on Instagram. You can also reach us on our voicemail line, 951-384-0810. The number will be in the description below of this podcast. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Check out the next podcast with Sam Blum. And I actually got a question on our voicemail box that I asked Sam Blum. And, and it's really cool way to, for you guys to interact with not only me, but guests that I will have in the future. So, definitely check it out. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and our social media feed. So, Let's get to the big news this last weekend. Anthony Rendon shut down for the rest of the year with wrist surgery. Obviously, this is news that after coming out and saying that there was a setback in his um, wrist injury after the Dodgers series, um, a lot of people saw coming as far as him being shut down for a significant amount of time or even the whole season like that ended up being. But And it's just another bad 
turn for the Angels with Anthony Rendon. It is slowly but surely becoming a very, very bad contract for the Angels. Probably one of the worst ones up there. But unfortunately, their Angels are stuck with Anthony Rendon for the next, I believe, has four more years left on the contract. So there's very limited action they can really do with Anthony Rendon. You're definitely not going to be able to trade him now with his injury history and him just being on the 60-day IL. But even going forward, let's say you know in the offseason, that likelihood of any team taking him for anything is is almost zero to none because of the money owed to him and, and because of the injury history. You look at how many games he's played with the Angels since signing with the Angels. And for the last three years, I know 2020 was abbreviated. So even if he played the full 2020 season, it wasn't going to add up to a full year. But it's, it's, it's like a hundred and something games for three seasons. So definitely not the type of uh, production you want from from a guy that you spent so much money on and honestly now I think the Angels and this might not sound great to some of the Angel fans but I think now the Angels are just gonna have to sit there and kind of put him out there whenever he is healthy hopefully he stays healthy but you know the Angels are not gonna be able to move him I seriously doubt that um They'll go out and spend big money on another third baseman to take his position just because of the fact that you don't want a ton of money tied up in one position like third base when you have the question about Shohei Otani coming up in the offseason and how much you're going to pay or how much he's wanting to get paid. So the option of getting a serious you know, replacement for Anthony Rendon is, is probably not going to happen. And the fact that the Angels don't have a ton of prospects that are ready to go um, infield wise is a big factor too because um, some of your best prospects for the angels are in you know high a or low a uh, baseball right now and they're probably not going to be ready for another couple years so that puts the angels at again and in, in a very hard position you're going to have to hope that anthony rendon eventually stays healthy long enough to get some kind of a return on investment obviously it's not going to be the full return i think that is by far gone now because when you sign guys, players to seven-year deals, and especially at the point of the career where Rendon was at, you're hoping to get three, four solid good years at the beginning of that contract. And then you understand that at the last part of the contract that things are going to fall off. But with Anthony Rendon, him having very, very time hard time staying healthy in the beginning part of the contract doesn't bode well for the back end. And that's all the times when you have to overpay to get players. I mean, that's just the way free agency works. You overpay to get players. You pay above market value to get players in free agency because if you don't, the next team will. And that's exactly what happened with Anthony Rendon. So you're just hoping that he would be able to stay somewhat healthy from years coming coming up because that's the best hope the Angels have at that third base spot. And hopefully within the next two years, you have a solid third base kind of prospect kid that can come up and compete for that spot and maybe take it. Or if Anthony still has issues uh, with getting hurt and missing big chunks of time, at least now you have a third base prospect guy that can um, be a glimmer into the future, if you will, or be the next big uh, prospect for the Angels. But again, they're probably still about a two years away from that actually happening with what they have right now prospect-wise. Now, 
We talked to Sam Blum, like I mentioned, the athletic coming out tomorrow. We talked a little bit about the trade deadline and, and, and trade moves and stuff like that. And it's still a little too early to figure out what the Angels will do. But in the off chance that they do become sellers, you know, is that maybe a position they look at addressing a young prospect type that could um, be the future at that position if Anthony cannot continually stay healthy that's going to be a very interesting part of the trade deadline coming up in july but we talk a little bit about that we talk a little bit about obviously shohei and his contract the angel streak the difference between nevin and madden so definitely check that out coming out tomorrow so another injury an unfortunate injury because it felt like he just got back this series because he did and that is austin warren put on the 15 day il with right tricep strain that's the official word from angels pr but yeah it's really really sucks to see that he is not being able to continue pitching he just got back obviously you know the story about the broken nose out in fenway so hopefully this doesn't set back austin too much because he is even in the short time between being activated and now going back on the il he showed that he is very capable of being a crucial part of this bullpen even and even the crazy part too is even when he was feeling a little tweak in that in that right arm he was able to finish that inning so i guess the good news is is that it is a tricep it's not an elbow or shoulder or anything that are like the key words for um pitching injuries so hopefully he gets back hopefully he gets back um, after the 15 days so the Angels bullpen can be even stronger than what it is right now. But yeah, unfortunately them lose him. I you know, I know some people will will say it but won't say it, but unfortunately to lose Anthony Rendon, I still think because of the lack of depth in this team, Anthony Rendon was obviously still the best option the Angels had at third base, regardless of what you thought about him. But now that he's gone for the year, now it's it's interesting to see who's gonna fill in that spot. It was Jack Mayfield, it has been Matt Duffy. But now with David McKinnon up to be, I guess, a backup to Jared Walsh, now you might see um, Duffy more so at third base with Jack Mayfield being optioned back down to AAA Salt Lake before Sunday's game. So we'll be interested to see how that third base position kind of fills out for the rest of the season. Obviously, it looks like Matt Duffy right now. Um, Whenever Fletcher gets back, and again, Still zero word on when Fletcher is going to get back. The Angels haven't said anything, haven't set out a timetable or nothing. But obviously the the best move would be to put Fletcher at third. But the time of when that's going to happen, I have no idea. I'm not sure if the Angels know when that's going to happen. But So it doesn't seem like it's something that you can really depend on going forward, especially not in the near future. So third base is going to be a big question mark. And hopefully that doesn't hurt the team because – this offense is very, very top heavy. You get uh, you get past you know the fifth spot, fourth spot in the lineup. You're really hoping for some guys to have um, clutch moments as far as maybe getting on base at the right time or being able to hit some of these guys on the top of the lineup home once they do reach base. So big eyes or a lot of eyes are going to be on that bottom of the lineup and see how they produce, and that's going to be a big factor in how well this team does. You know, Trout, Otani, Walsh, those guys can get on base. It's going to be up to the other guys to hit them home. So definitely watch out for that going uh, forward into this season. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. Remember, um, Sam Blum interview coming out tomorrow, so subscribe to the podcast now. You can always 
reach us on our social media feeds halo underscore haven twitter and on instagram and i mentioned one more time our voicemail line 951-384-0810 so thanks again for uh coming along for this ride sorry it came out a little bit later than normal but i was spending father's day with my dad and we had a lot of fun there and i hope you guys had a great father's day as well so i am dan garcia and this has been another edition of the all angels podcast there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.